would you think if you saw someone dancing uncontrollably in the middle of the street? And then the next day, what would you do if you saw them joined by hundreds doing the exact same thing? Well, you may have just witnessed Dancing Mania. The best name of any mania. (laughs) It's so happy. (laughs) If you're gonna have a mania, you may as well have the dancing kind. So this is a social phenomenon that occurred primarily in mainland Europe between the 14th and 17th centuries. And Dancing Mania involved large groups of people dancing erratically and when i say large we're talking like there are cases of thousands of people dancing erratically and uncontrollably then eventually it would spread or people would start to travel to the mania and dance with it which is very weird how do you think word got around i mean there's not like a there's not like a the internet in the 14th century i have no idea there's so many questions that is a really good one like if you're in italy how do you know they're dancing in austria and why do you go i don't know how it that's a really good question i have no answer for that so we've been joking that this is sort of funny but this mania in some cases was fatal people would collapse from exhaustion people would have heart attacks these would go on for a period of time where people just didn't eat they didn't drink they didn't sleep they would just dance until they collapsed so apparently it affected everybody but literature at the time uh, seems to indicate that it affected women mostly I don't know what to make of that. A lot of this stuff is so old, it's difficult to believe a lot of it. Like, we're talking, like, 7th to, like, 18th century type stuff here. So it's, like, really difficult to obviously know how much of it's true. But there are enough cases reported in different places that there was definitely something going on. But as is the beauty of many of these articles that we delve into, there's no real answer for it. Which I like. I like the the articles where there's no real answer for what happened more than the ones where there are answers. If it's spontaneous, is it an organized event or is it disease? All that stuff is debated. But what's pretty certain in all these reports is that dancers were in some semi-conscious state where they seemed to be unable to control themselves. And this got out of hand in some cases. Some people would be naked, jumping around, having sex with each other. That's pretty out of hand. <laughs> in the middle of the street, man, that is out of hand. It sounds like they're on drugs, right? Like it yeah. sounds like a rave of some description. Have you ever been to a rave, Stephen? What do you think the answer is to that? <laughs> I think you've probably not been to a rave. I have been to raves, none of this uh, intensity. Um, everybody here was way more committed to what they were doing than the raves that I've been to. Uh, and when I talk about commitment, we've mentioned some people would, uh, they would pass away due to exhaustion, mm-hmm. but some people would dance until their ribs were broken. How do you break a rib from dancing? What kind of shapes are you chucking? I don't know. That results in broken ribs. I I can't get my head around this. I think the lesson here is that you need to quit raving in the United Kingdom and go <laughs> to the continent. <laughs> I, that you know, I, I've always known that if I were looking for some serious raving action, the continent is where I would find it. And <laughs> unsurprisingly, a lot of this is localized around Germany, where there is a very strong dance culture to this day. Maybe this is where a lot of it came from. Some of the uh, major outbreaks were in... I'm going to go with Aachen here, uh, in the Roman Empire, in 1374. And some of these then quickly spread throughout Europe, which is a theme which carries on throughout many of the reported cases, as we mentioned, like that they would somehow seem to spread. And actually starts earlier than that. One of the first reports of this is in the 1020s at a 
German Christmas Eve service uh, was interrupted when 18 peasants began singing and dancing outside the church doors. And you could imagine them being loud enough as a group to actually stop the church service inside. And it kind of goes from there. And again, this is like real localized Germany at first. And In 1237, a large group of children were traveling between two German cities, like jumping and dancing the whole way. And this is kind of thought to be maybe an uh, early example of dancing mania. But what I love about this story the most is this case of children traveling from place to place is incredibly similar to the story of the Pied Piper. You familiar with the story of the Pied Piper? I am. So a man uh, who has a flute who kind of kidnaps children, effectively, makes them dance from place to place. It is potentially where the inspiration for the story came from. I was doing some digging, and it seems like that 1237 predates the first instances of the tale of the Pied Piper. That's super creepy. I know, right? (laughs) It's horrifying. But there you go. Dancing mania. Dancing mania. That's what it's all about. 1278 is one of the early instances of this. 200 people were dancing on a bridge in Germany over a river, and the bridge actually collapsed. And a bunch of people were hurt, unfortunately, but many of the survivors were restored to full health at a nearby chapel dedicated to St. Vitus. Remember that name. Important. The 1200s saw several outbreaks across Germany as a whole, and then by 1375 they started popping up across Europe. One particularly large one spread out across most of Germany, then to places like Cologne, Metz, Strasbourg, and then to Italy and Luxembourg. Like, this thing kind of shut down a lot of continental Europe for a while. These people dancing, man. They had a good time, I suppose, until their ribs broke. Yeah, in 1428, uh, a monk in Switzerland danced himself to death. And in 1518, we get to what's sort of called the dancing plague. This is one of the better documented examples of this. So a woman began dancing in the street, and within four days, she was joined by another 33 people. Sorry, this woman's name was Frau Trafo. I'm going to go with And then within a month, 400 people joined her. So this is going on for a month. In total. Now, many people suffered heart attacks and died over this period. I have a big question of, was this continuous dancing? Like, how were they dancing for a month? There couldn't have been any people that lasted, like, continuously dancing for a month. Like, when did they sleep? When did they eat? That's one of the things that is really confusing to me in all of this, is all of the accounts, all of the reports, seem to indicate that these people just danced constantly until they died. But what happened between those points is what I think is really difficult to try and pin down. That's where the time in history hurts this reporting, right? Because it's it's such a long time ago. You know, it's not like, to, I mean, today, if it happened, it would be so well documented, right? It'd just be, people would be live streaming it, but <laughs> yeah, it would be huge on periscope yeah 1518 people uh weren't walking around with cameras in their pockets so this is really the the peak of dancing mania it trailed off after 1518 there are a few more instances in the 16th century but this is really sort of the the crescendo of dancing mania in europe let's talk about what would happen when people saw these right so we've gone through some of the bigger outbreaks but you need to try and kind of think like 
if you're in this scenario, if you're seeing all of these people dancing, like what are you going to do? And one thing that many towns tried to do, which I love the thought of this occurring, they would try and move the group away. Like I don't know how they would do it. They would just like, come on, guys, like try and move them out to the lake or something, you know, like just yeah. just get out of the way. No one needs to see this. I kind of I kind of pictured it in my mind as like two guys with a bunch of rope and like trying to like corral them. <laughs> Reports say these people were in a trance-like state, and so you can kind of see them not responding to like verbal commands, but maybe you could kind of like shuffle them around. This was coupled with some priests trying to drive out demons of some of the dancers. I mean, think about the time period. A lot of people believed that this sort of activity may have been satanic or demonic in some way, and so you you have priests trying to solve it in their in their own way. So that doesn't surprise me, right? With the time period, and you can really see this, like like how this would be thought of. Demons have possessed these people. They're in these trances. They were doing things that were considered disgusting and grotesque uh you can see how it's like well they must have been possessed by demons right sure now we told you to remember st vitus earlier there were a lot of people that believed the dancing was a curse brought about by St. Vitus. And prayers and sacrifices were made on behalf of the dancers. And this is a quote that I picked out from uh, the 17th century professor of medicine, Gregory Horst. And he noted, several women who annually visit the chapel of St. Vitus in Druffelhausen dance madly all day and all night until they collapse in ecstasy. In this way, they come to themselves again and feel little or nothing until next May, when they are again forced around St. Vitus's day to betake themselves to that place how strange so this is where some doubt starts to get clouded in my mind is that people were doing this on an annual basis was this a planned event maybe yeah my god i just don't know i mean it's there's so many like almost competing ideas about what this is about and the the idea that it's annual that's, that they would go to this place once a year like doesn't really fit into any of them besides that it's some sort of organized thing. So some people would also try and uh, break the dancer's rhythm, which I quite like. Like they would play music to try and stop them from dancing. But when people are dancing with no music and then you bring music to the dance, what ended up happening was just encouraging more people to begin dancing. That plan of attack was not well thought through by whoever did it. (laughs) It's like, I know what to do to stop these people dancing. Let's play them some music. Doesn't seem like a good idea. So there's a sidebar we need to have about Tarantism, which is a form of uh, hysteria that is popularly believed to be a result of a bite from a wolf spider. And there's uh, a link in the show notes to the Wikipedia page. There is a picture of the spider on the Wikipedia page that I'm currently covering my hand with because I don't like spiders. But it was believed that if you were bit by the spider, that dancing to a fast tempo song could cure you. Uh, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I think that's probably been disproven. But what's interesting here is that is a the location. It was it was usually found in southern Italy. People responding to a spider bite this way, and that it is very similar in a way to dancing mania. That people in this state are characteristically dancing mania people. Like they are in a trance. They're dancing for a really long period of time. Like they're very similar subjects. So like you imagine that this is the meeting in the middle between Germany and Italy, right? And this is how it's spreading across all of Europe. In our digging through Tarantism and our digging through Dancing Mania and the Dancing Plague, we have tried to amass some of the reasons, the popular ideas that are maybe a little bit more sensible as to why this could have occurred. Um, I think we can rule out demons. Yeah. And I think we can rule out spider bites. 
right? I think we're pretty good with saying that these are, this is not what's happening here, and it's probably not a curse from St. Vitus. No, there is no understanding of why this occurred, because it doesn't happen anymore. It stopped. So in the 17th century, it just stopped abruptly. It, there are no cases, no reported cases of dancing mania after the 17th century. Now, some people believed that this dancing could have been organized for a couple of different reasons. And one of them could have been that during this period of time, a lot of the people tended to be peasants that would be dancing in this way. And that it may have been purely an act of allowing people to relieve themselves of stress and like put the poverty of their situation, you know, their, their horrible situations that are in out of their minds. Now, I think this seems unlikely because of the reported effects of people breaking ribs and dying. Right. I think it seems difficult that like everybody that was in this scenario was just dancing for fun because it didn't end in a fun way. Right. If you're going to escape your terrible situation, you want to escape to a place that is reassuring and positive right not one that ends with people having sex on the street and then dying of exhaustion mm-hmm. it's my idea of relaxation i guess but not everybody's <laughs> not everyone there's another theory about fungal poisoning ergo is a fungus that during floods and damp periods was able to grow and it would affect rye and other crops and so if you have a big fungal infection into your food supply people are eating it especially poor people may have a more limited budget and more limited diet and you could get a lot of this into your system potentially very easily and what's interesting about this is that this fungus causes hallucinations and convulsions which if you think about dancing mania it's not a it's not a long line to draw between the two points especially if you think of the way that people may have described what they were seeing now people may have described what they were seeing as dancing but it could have been convulsions right absolutely these people were just moving around erratically in the street breaking their ribs that's not necessarily dancing right it could have been some sort of seizure like convulsion yeah uh, very easily there's a another idea that this was all i don't use the word faked but this was all orchestrated or put together by some society or a secret society or maybe religious cult if you think about the time period where you have the roman empire and then you have the church as very strong guiding hands in society this could have been some sort of organized plan to trick or to undermine the establishment basically to have organized and have wild parties in the streets under the guise of it being an illness so if people are just throwing a party, you know, the government can come say, hey, you don't need to do that. The church can come say, hey, you know what, this is not not okay. But if it's under the banner of, well, these people are sick or we don't understand it or it's a curse, then maybe you have some leeway to do what you want. There are other ideas, maybe uh, mass psychogenic illnesses like mass hysteria. So basically you would have one person who is feeling some kind of effect, you know, they may have had ergo poisoning, they may have some other type of uh, illness or disease that is causing them to move erratically, and people believe it to be dancing, you know, so they start dancing, they start having fun, they start going crazy, uh, and then it just eventually becomes a mass hysteria where people are doing this stuff and not knowing why they're doing it, but they're being pulled in to some so- kind of social influence and then kind of spread 
spreading and becoming this mass hysteria. The last theory I think is worth talking about goes back to St. Vitus. And it was actually a disease or disorder called St. Vitus Dance. Uh, it's since been renamed uh, Sydenham Korea. And this is an actual physical disorder. I'm going to describe these symptoms to you and see what it reminds you of. Uh, rapid, uncoordinated jerking movements that primarily affect the face, hands, and feet. Often related to potentially strep throat or a high fever. That sounds like dancing mania. Again, it's it's a physical thing, an actual disorder, but over time and the way people have described it, you could be seen as dancing. So the St. Vitus connection comes from the fact that this uh, movement, this disease, was originally considered to be a curse sent from St. Vitus. Victims of dancing mania usually ended their processions at a church dedicated to St. Vitus because of this, right? They believed it was the curse. So people felt that they were affected by this. They would take their dancing to a church that was dedicated to St. Vitus. So basically Basically, so it's kind of connected together at that part. Right, because that's the chapel, if you remember, that bridge collapsed in 1278. The chapel was there, you know, nearby, and that's where a lot of the people who were treated, where they went. And so St. Vitus, this, this connection is all through here. You have the church, you have, you know, people think that you're being cursed by St. Vitus. People show up at the church every year to do this. What's different about, about Sydenham Korea is that it is an actual physical disorder. So the, the name is confusing here, that it was named St. Vitus Dance, but now we understand it to be an actual disorder. But maybe there's a seed here where you had maybe some people who were actually sick actually had a disorder and then you had like mass hysteria building around them. Uh, but again, like all these competing ideas about what these people are doing, are they actually sick? Are they actually in control of what they're doing? Or is this just something that we just can't understand? If I was going to put my cards on the table here and okay. think about what do I think was happening, I would go with either St. Vitus Dance or Sydenham's career being the main issue that would affect one person and it would then spread in a mass hysteria-like way to multiple people. You know, you have a person who's sick, they're out in the street because they're trying to make a procession to St. Vitus, a church for St. Vitus, because they believe it's going to cure them. This person is being seen by other people around who think it's dancing, they start to join in, and then the mass hysteria idea populates it to where it ends up being groups of 100. Or ergo poisoning, because that makes a ton of sense, that a local area... There is poisoning in the food that people all eat from the same farm. They are poisoned. They are hallucinating. You know, that's like the drug element of it. They have all their inhibitions are lost. And these people just start acting in really peculiar and strange ways. What I keep coming back to are the people themselves. So many just desperately impoverished people looking for a way out. Anything about the time period, you know, the 7th century wasn't a time for fun and games. It was a very hard time to be alive. You did not have the social structure that we have today where you have ways of getting out of that environment. And then you have the church being very dominant in their uh, rule keeping and uh, law and order. And I can totally see how a group of people in that condition would just want to escape. This was potentially a way to do that. I don't know if it was sort of the anti-establishment idea that it was some sort of like secret society, religious cult spawning this. But I think that people like they do today look to music and dancing as ways to unplug now, clearly that got out of hand 
right? Like being able to escape your reality shouldn't end up in people dying on the street. I don't know. I just keep coming back to that, that people wanted a way out from from their conditions. And it's heartbreaking, but uh, it's what I keep thinking about is just how hard it was to be alive then. And there was no there was no way out of that situation. If you were born a peasant in the seventh century, you're going to die a peasant in the seventh century. But as we said, nobody knows. So you've heard what we think. What do you think out there, dear listener? You can let us know. We are at Ungenius on Twitter. Let us know what you think. And also, whilst you're at it, what weird Wikipedia articles would you like to hear us talk about in a future episode? Send them in. We will take a look at them and we will try our best to understand what was going on. You can find show notes for this week in your podcasting app of choice or on our website, relay.fm slash ungenius slash two. Like Mike said, hit us up on Twitter. He is at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. I am at ISMH. Until next time, Mike, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Adios.